1: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings. Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio 630 10. All right, welcome everybody. Bob Stauffer with you along with Mark Spector. Stauffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. The horses with live racing thursday night saturday and sunday days out at century mile out in nisku mr specter how are you oh pretty fair bob Pretty you're, fair now today you're way over on the, the the the
1: corner one so that means i have to uh, where would you rather i sit somewhere else well like I, in the
0: parking lot is that what you're telling no me? no 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 more <laughs> that was more so at the other place when we used to, <laughs> once in a while it was okay you know, we've we've aged a bit because uh Yeah, you've aged considerably, yeah. You think so? <laughs> oh boy. We used to play full contact uh ball hockey in the hallways at yeah, the, at the, back at the, of the uh, day. Back of the day. Now we're like,
1: I'm not wasting that kind of energy you anymore. You know what? It's funny. I pitched my whole life I was a pitcher as a kid, like six years old on. So fine. Pitch a thousand innings, thousands of innings, all of that's great. All of a sudden you're fifty three. And you go to pick up a tennis ball and throw it for your dog. I used to be able to throw that tennis ball a mile. I barely throw that thing about 30 feet now. (laughs) Like my arm has said, okay, all those years of baseball, that was great spec. Good slider. Now, nada. You got to work on your slider there, bud. I couldn't throw that ball at the end of this newsroom. Well, you know, tennis balls are tough to
0: chuck unless you're John Metz. Any ball.
1: Yeah? Any ball.
0: (laughs) We still were playing... uh,
1: Sacrifice that particularly. You
0: know Mike Bealy, who worked on oil change uh, for Don Metz? Good guy, Mike. Mike, Mike. Mike always traveled the football.
1: Yeah, throwing a he, football,
0: and he uh, also used to uh, travel a bottle of Bailey's for me. He pick one, he'd me. pick one up as we'd go through uh, out at the Edmonton International Airport every love time. Love throwing a football, right? right? And so we had a football game every stop, uh, okay. regardless of the weather, and. Uh, but i noticed just in the last year you know i actually have to warm up now well you're <laughs> right like you're like you know i might not be able to snap it around the way you used to so brendan let that be a le- lesson for you you don't want to be a couple old farts like these two guys on the there air middle-aged middle-aged let's go with that because uh, actually halsey's around here so he takes up that other category so there you go there you go all right uh I, now I, you were in with sid uh talking but uh Interesting comment by Brad Malone. I said, you know, and, and I, I preface this, marked by, I don't like sharing a lot of what happens on the plane, hmm. because that is the player's demise, the organize or the organization's domain, not uh,
1: domain. Domain. Been the demise a few times, but yes. But you know
0: the- what I'm saying. That's their place. And For sure. Work. Yeah. And in, like Jack and me are the only guys that make every trip. Yep. Uh, of the media. Uh, because they rotate the, the Oilers' web team and they w- rotate. Yep. the bro- Sometimes the broadcaster, the TV broadcasters are on. But we sit in the same spot, don't say much, don't tend to look behind us yep. because that's where the players are. But it's kind of hard not to notice sometimes. And Brad Malone was treated... As all those guys were, there was no sort of you know, hey, uh, you're a rookie, go sit at the the front of the players section. Whatever, yeah. And he yeah. and he just yeah. commented. I asked him about you know how a guy like McDavid traded him, and he just said that uh, he got a text yesterday out of the blue from Connor. Hey man, congratulations on getting your extension done. Huh. Now this is a guy who's the one of the leaders of the American Hockey League team. Cup of coffee guy for the like he's a he's a gap guy for the for the Emmett owners. So what do, what do you think about McDavid doing something like that?
1: Well, that's leadership, right? Like Connor McDavid's got you know he's got a busy life. He knows a lot of people. I'm sure his cell phone's a very busy place with people texting him and asking him things and hey, can you come here and why don't we hang there and all of the things you can imagine, Connor McDavid's cell phone. But he takes time not only to to make a text to a guy like Brad Malone in the Miners, but He's cognizant. He knows what the organization's doing. He's out in Ontario, I assume. Yes. And he's watching things, and he's hearing about Brad Malone. And he takes the time to, as the captain of the team, to say, "Hey, man, congratulations. Welcome. You know, I'm glad you're still aboard, and and good for you. Like it, it's small, but it's big. Yeah. Right. It's small, but it's big. And and." You don't think Brad Malone, even though he's a 30-year-old guy who's had a long time in pro hockey now, you don't think he's showing his friends, "Hey, look who I just got a text from. <laughs> yeah, it's Connor McDavid, man." So good for McDavid. That's a that's we talk a lot about the Oilers trying to build leadership, Bob, and bringing it in from other teams over the years, and trying to build culture and all that stuff. And that's a sign of building some culture. It's funny
0: because. Um I was told for years, and I kind of missed him, you know, when he was here, but I was told for years, like, Wayne Gretzky always treated people really well, yeah, went sure. out of his way, and if there was a problem, would want you to actually, if he had a disagreement with you, would want you to call him and have that conversation or yep. get your number. And, uh, you know, he started being around the team, you know, at the start of the 2016-17 season, and he's on roughly about third of the road trips, and then he's in town for somewhere between 8 to 12 home games mm-hmm. a year. Who does he? Where does he sit when he's at home? He sits with the media, right? And he up in the in the seats and he's it,
1: watching the practice.
0: And I yeah. remember Eric Greitens saying, "He treats me the same way he treats Connor." <laughs> yeah, Yeah.
1: <right. laughs> yeah. Hey, well, that's so that,
0: that's what that's what guys that
1: get well, it do. Let's go to that. You know, I, probably every one of our listeners has seen that Zdeno Chara uh, interview done yes. recently, which Brad Malone referenced in that. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah, and and you know, in the like, listen, there isn't a better team culture and group of leaders in hockey than in boston you know i would say san jose is probably every bit as good there's a few good ones nobody's better than what they've built with patrice bergeron as a day chara and you know all the guys in that that, that why are they always there yeah. you know they might win the cup this year they're in the cup all the time they're a challenger every year they do it right in boston even a crazy guy like brad marchand Doesn't go too crazy that he throws them off. That culture can handle them. He'd drive some teams over the edge, not Boston. So that's what you're striving for in Edmonton. You want that. And frankly, I think we've learned, Bob, you can't just bring in guys from other teams and build it. It's going to have to be McDavid. It's going to have to be Drysettle, Nugent Hopkins, Darnell Nurse. Those are the guys that are going to have to grow into those players. Stoffer and
0: Spectre again for the horses. Horse Racing Alberta, live racing Thursday nights now, as well as Saturdays and Sundays out at Century Mile in this cube. Yeah, and, and one of the things that Chara talked about, <coughs> excuse me, one of the things he talked about is there's no rookie you know, and twenty-year veteran, it's you're a Boston Broom player. You're right. and and I think that that's a distinction. And you know, we both were around the Golden Bears hockey program, and everybody man, carried a bag off. Everybody that bus. carried a bag. The broadcasters, yeah. the writers, the trainer. The you're on the bus. Yeah. The fifth-year guys, the yes. captain, right? The the freshman players. Yeah, and that's that's
1: kind of you know. Well, listen, there was a time when hazing was okay. Yeah. There was a time when it was just all right for the veterans to, you know, do whatever they would do to rookies as part of a quote-unquote tradition. And we accepted that. Now we don't accept it. It's gone. It shouldn't have happened. It's never going to happen. Hopefully again it's done. But I think next in step, Bob, next in line, is the whole culture of, well, if you're new, you're inferior. Right, As Zdeno Chara so eloquently put in his second language, we're all the same. We're all Boston Bruins. We're members of this team. It doesn't help a team to have me somehow in some way be superior to a young player. I should embolden the young player. I should make Jake DeBrusque, right? Make him feel better and stronger and more part of things. And guess who's going to help you win a Stanley Cup? Well, today? and I
0: personally believe right? there have been certain people, certain types of players that were around that, um, throughout the late uh, 2000s and maybe certain type of coaches and support roles that believe that that was acceptable that hey I had to work my way up and that's there's just a the lot way of that it, in hockey right I've and, watched and, it. and I think there's been I' even marked I even think writers have a little bit of that, right?
1: I think in every vocation. Right. Like, the young guy should... I'm not saying that a young, entry-level person should should be completely entitled. No. You've got to have your ears open and your mouth shut to an extent when you show up on the scene. And that's the same in a hockey dressing room or in a newsroom or on a radio station. However right it, however it's incumbent upon the leaders at all those places to make the young person feel welcome yeah and help them to learn
0: the irony of the situation with mcdavid and malone is here's a 30 year old uh, scrabbled uh, veteran that's fought for every nhl game he's ever gotten <laughs> yeah, and is yeah. as limited as because yeah. unfortunately for brad he's not a great skater and you got to be able to skate he's- but he is what he is, which is if he's it, slugging it out, man. And, you know, and for him, he wants to come in and earn a spot with Dave Tippett as a, you know, as a 12, 13, 14 forward. Yep. And from an organizational perspective, if that guy is on a line with Gamberdell and, uh, for the sake of argument, Patrick Russell, and those guys are your 16, 17, 18 forwards or 15, 16, 17
1: forwards in Bakersfield.
0: In Bakersfield. Yep. While you continue to cult and de- cultivate and develop a Cooper Marotti or a Tyler Benson or a Kyler Yamamoto, who, frankly, for me, I, I you know, unless they absolutely crushed it. I mean, crushed it. Then again, Yamamoto has had two pretty good preseasons in a row.
1: They'd be starting on the farm for me, right? So, yeah. so those guys are on the farm, working under a guy like you know, looking up to Malone, learning from a Malone. I'll throw Keegan Low in that same conversation for the defenseman. For the defense. For the defenseman, and you need those players down there. And when you know them and you trust them, and they're good, solid people, and the work ethic is right, and they live right, and they're the perfect example, as is Keegan, and as is Brad Malone. You pay them a little extra and, and play them there, and. When, when we're talking a hurtful, little,
0: when we're talking a little extra, well, what's we're talking like twenty five thousand yeah. more? What's so Brad of Malone
1: going to make it the minors? He uh, made he made
0: two fifty last year. He okay. probably got twenty five more, like okay. realistically.
1: So I mean, okay, let's turn this around. Like at a, a you know, Brad Malone's making two seventy five. It's pretty good money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. So a lot of guys, a lot of our listeners have been in their fields for a long time. They're not making two seventy five, right? A lot of the people behind if, these if microphones you, if you, <laughs> would say the same if, thing. If you are, you're <laughs> grossly
0: overpaid. That I will tell but, you. But, I
1: mean, the point is I'm not feeling sorry for Brad Malone. He's making a good living playing hockey.
0: That's a pretty good life. <laughs> it is 1244 at Edmonton. Stoffer Inspector. we We'll keep talking about leadership. And, uh, you know, we, we've had some changes since last week when Mark was on, and that involves the... I'm
1: Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons.
0: coaching stuff. That's where we'll go next. Mark will get in a better spot so I can look straight across at him and still see the computer as well. This is Oilers Now. This is Zach Cassian from Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer on 630 Check. 12.46 in and Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, guests on the show received your certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff that orders now sent you. Bob Stauffer with you along with Mark Specter. Stauffer and Spector for the horses. Live racing, Century Mile. Out in Nisku, Thursday night, Saturday and Sunday days. All right, Spec. So, uh, leadership. We just saw, you know, got a clear... Very clear sort of indication as to uh, maybe, you know, something that's a positive for Reuters fans out there that their captain is engaged enough in the process that he's taken time to sort of text a guy who's become a career minor leaguer that's a, a gap guy about getting an extension done. You um, said as we went to break, you know, McDavid, Dry settle, Nurse, Nugent Hopkins, those guys got to be the leaders. Yeah. Have we moved past the time? The the owners need to try to import leadership. I don't actually believe, Mark. For the record, you can import it. Well, it's hard to do. Maybe maybe do. St. Louis did. Maybe St. Louis
1: did with Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, maybe they did. Fair enough, but they also have such a strong group in there. Did they? Well, Petrangelo. Yeah, there. But solid. there was talk
0: in St. Louis for a while that there was there was a, f- a fissure, or fracture. Well, in their it could room, be. Could right? be. Right. Uh, but anyhow, it's, what did we learn here at Edmonton? Well, they've tried it, right? You know, have two guys out of Boston.
1: Yeah, right, with, with uh, Ferrance and Lucic. And, and uh, I mean, to be honest, the one thing that O'Reilly's doing in St. Louis is playing. You know, he's really good. A lot he's easier a to be player. a good leader if you're yeah, playing Yeah, you can well. lead if you're a really, really good player. Uh, but, but you can't just bring a guy in. You know, like, for instance, Matt Hendricks. He was, the five, I think, the most successful one who came in here Fair in, in a, in a sure. mitigated fourth line role which he could play yes and he was a very highly respected guy but you know I'm going to say that now like Connor McDavid's played what four seasons yeah He's picked up a lot of stuff. I'm sure he learned some stuff from Lucic. He learned some stuff from Hendricks. He's picked up some stuff here and there. And there. I think he's ready to dry saddle. Do you think he's got oh, some leadership? Oh, dry saddle's coming in behind him too. Yes. We. I, I personally saw a big change in dry saddle last season. Uh, you know, Nuge is, I don't know what Nuge is like behind the scenes. He's a pretty chillaxed guy in our dealings with him. Yeah. You know, right? N- Nuge is never, right? His temperature never gets too high. <laughs> you know, which is that doesn't mean you can't be a leader. In fact, sometimes you need that guy to say, "Hey, everybody, calm down, man." So and other times, you got to have a guy that's got a little bit of screw okay. you screw you in his personality. That's why you right? got a few of those guys. Maybe Darnell Nurse becomes that. Guy. Yeah. So, I guess my point is, now that you've got a group of younger players that have been together and they've seen some things, and I think you grow with those guys. Patrice about, Bergeron wasn't always Patrice Bergeron, Bob. He started
0: he, out as a young player. People actually have to remember. That. In fact, right. at one point, Patrice—I mean, Patrice Bergeron was an 0-3 draft. They won their one and only cup in 2011. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and his career, because of the concussions, there was a concern in and around probably
1: 07, 08, yeah. in and around that oh, time. Oh, for sure. He missed some time. Right. He he was out for a while. It took yeah. Joe Pavelski a long time to be Joe Pavelski. But he yeah. is, in my esteem, is one of the yeah. top yeah. leaders in the game.
0: All right. Uh, since you last did the show Friday, I, I was in Buffalo with the Combine. Yeah, how's Re- that? Have uh, any fun? Eat some wings? Uh, yeah, Thursday night.
1: Did you go to yeah. the uh, yeah.
0: anger bar? No, we went to uh, what the Hexacall. Geez, I'm gonna get uh, forget the name of it. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. It was a Duff's. It's called Duff's. Oh, Duff's. Okay. Yeah, there's like three of them in Buffalo. So, okay. yeah, we got held up at the border, though. You did? No, well, not me personally, but uh, a group of us. Yes. Held up at the like dr- trying to drive to Pearson? Uh, no, driving from uh, on no, in from Ontario into New York to State. Buffalo. Yeah, well, first really? time ever. Four straight years, we haven't had an issue. It was a little bit frustrating, let me tell you. Really? Uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. You don't look Mexican, Bob. Well, uh, I'll tell you off air. <laughs> Let's just say, it would, you know, there might have been some justification, or maybe not, and yeah, that's okay, what. we well. So, yeah, just because that stuff's legal up here, Bob, that's, doesn't mean it's legal uh, everywhere. I, I never like that stuff. You know that. <laughs> you know, I I'd prefer Bailey's th- than anything. Yeah, anyways, yeah, you know? I know. Or beer, or wine. Mm-hmm. Horse scotch or vodka. All right. Uh, so we'll get to the draft in a second. But while we're there on the Friday morning, the no other you know, I did hear from a couple of guys that ended up, uh, you know, not being part of Dave Tippett's staff moving forward. I, I think it's important to, to mention that is Dave Tippett's prerogative. When he comes in as a head coach, he gets to pick and choose who he wants on his staff. Yeah. And so it's unfortunate for Trent Yanni and, and Manny Viveros. Uh, and I, I feel
1: bad for Manny that he didn't really get a chance to show what he could do. You think that's fair? Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I think there's a lot of hockey coach there in, in Manny Viveros. And uh, he, you know, came up here, spent a lot of time in the press box, right? Spent one year in the NHL here and then a coaching regime and yeah, everybody gets fired. It, it,
0: like in the case of Yanni, my expectation is we could have a resolution to his situation fairly quickly. Yeah, uh, would he not go work for Todd McClellan? Yeah, and I, um, I guess in Manny's case, he's going to have to be a third. Like, I, a It's going to be tough to be a second assistant somewhere yeah. right now. Usually you have to be a third assistant for a couple yeah. of years. And it's then a tough get, world out there in, the, yeah. in that business. Yeah.
1: I think we're the, you know, and this is one of the, the collateral damage, Bob, of, of uh, uh, Ken Holland who's only used the word stability about 5,000 times since he showed up in town. Yes. Right? This organization has lacked stability. And now it funnels down to Darnell Nurse, right? Whoever becomes, whoever's running the defenseman this year, Darnell Nurse will have had three of those coaches in three consecutive seasons. Here's a young developing defensemen who so went from jimmy johnson to trent yanni to whoever the next guy's going to be yeah. and i'm sure the next guy's going to be great but it's not healthy and well, it's got to stop
0: well what is and ken has often said i had four head coaches in 22 years in detroit right it's got to stop this turnover this is god well stop. the irony is that from 2000 until 2009 or well i guess 2008 because uh, Tamalini... Over uh, a decade ago. I know, but from that, you know, McTavish was the head coach and Kevin Lowe was the GM from 2000 to 2008. Then yeah. Kevin stepped and went upstairs. went crazy. And Tamalini took in and came in and it wasn't the same since.
1: No, they All need right. some stability. Ken Holland, again, he said it a million times and I get what he's saying here. Stability,
0: got to have some. Yeah, absolutely. He can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at orders now. Uh... Talked to some people yesterday. I mean, Jim Playfair, Mark Lamont. We, you know, put that out there two weeks ago. Follow the coaching tree. Uh, Lamb played, uh, we're going to have Al May coming up a little bit later on. Lamb played I think four seasons for Tippett in Houston mm-hmm. in the uh, IHL. Al was their teammate for one of those years. Uh, Mark's, I think most recently, Prince George, was the GM last year at the start of the year and then ended up taking over as head coach at a certain point during the season. Mm-hmm. Playfair has been connected for years to Tippett and we'll see whether or not my guess is that might, we had Dave on the show yesterday by the way for, and I have a feeling we might have a resolution to that by the end of this week at
1: the latest. Well and we you are remiss. Uh, they did uh, retain Glenn Gallatson,
0: and that's where I wanted to go next. Yeah, Your which, thoughts
1: on that? Yeah, well, uh, excellent because again, there's some stability there. Here, there's a voice that you know. If I'm even if I'm Dave Tippett, I want a guy that's been in that room. You know, he can shortcut some of Dave Tippett's learning curve with certain players and certain situations because he's been there. Right? You can't clear out everybody every year. So that's what start. The second is I think that he made some. Uh, you know, gullets around the power play, and there was times that power play started to really find itself.
0: What's interesting last year is when Hitch came in. The second game that he coached was an afternoon game in Anaheim, and the Ducks, uh, what is had a veteran player that we may have already been talking about in the mm-hmm. previous segment, a guy that's been around for a while in the league, um, turned the puck over, up the bo- had a chance to be in the right spot on an empty net. Anaheim had pulled their goalie, and uh, Edmonton didn't get it out, and the Ducks tied it. And then they scored on the exact same face-off play that they scored on two years earlier, but they didn't have a coach that was with the staff the 2 years. remember the play. Right, because Todd McClellan, of course, replaced all the assistants that were on the bench, and they did a trade-off and snuck Raquel on the ice, and he beat uh, Dreisaitl. Yeah, I remember was the play. It like was a quick change, so they got him twice in that situation. Those things happen, I it all guess.
1: Happens. You yeah. it happens. Yeah.
0: I will tell you this, Mark. The one consensus I got from we go to Buffalo and there's, oh, you guys again. Yeah, you know, oh, there's the Edmonton crew. Six of you guys here interviewing 20 different players because there you guys are, right? Yep. Uh, and you know what? You get kicked in the teeth because that's the position. the But some of the harsher critics over the years are like, pretty tough to argue with the combination of the experience of the GM and the head coach, but it comes down
1: to this. Win. Yeah. Yep. So it's, and it's not, It's it shouldn't be, um, you know, this isn't um, some kind of a code here. Like, it's not some kind of a foreign language we're trying to decode. You're winning hockey games. Putting an organization together the proper way. Ken, uh, Ken Holland has to do a couple of things this summer, he's got to find a couple wingers out there, right? That are maybe he sees more in. Uh, like a guy like Tobias Reeder, who pans out. The Oilers thought they got a good deal, and Tobias Reeder turned out it wasn't a good deal. You've got to find a couple guys that maybe he got 10 goals in a situation they were in last year, and he thinks, you know what, if I put this guy next to Drysdale or if I put this guy next to Nugent Hopkins, maybe he gets 18 goals, right? Got to try to find those guys. Those are later free agent pickups, they shouldn't be too expensive. So, and then after that, they just have to do the things that good teams do, Bob. Draft properly, develop properly, maybe, you know, tie or win your trades. Draft and develop, we were only talking about that 15 years ago on Total Sports back in the day. It's all about it. Like, as the cap system marches on, it just becomes more and more about drafting and developing. When we come back, the
0: proliferation of top-end American players for the U.S. National Development Program and whether or not they're viewed differently than Canadian players. Stoffer and Specter for Horse Racing in Alberta. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodoin.
1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.